Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people who want all things real, raw and reputable, where we smash taboos and break down stigmas. I'm your host, Isabella Gosling, and today's episode is with Maddie Burton. Maddie lives with both endometriosis and PCOS and was diagnosed at 22 years old after being sick for the majority of her life. In 2019, she launched Your Bliss, a clean, natural perfume and beauty company. Maddie has always loved being active and prior to starting Your Bliss, she was a personal trainer and bar instructor. She lives with her husband and three fur babies in Brisbane and is obsessed with living life on her terms and leaving the earth better than when she came into it. In this episode, we chat on Maddie's endo and PCOS story, as well as her journey to diagnosis, what her quality of life is like now living with endo and PCOS and how she's managing, the hardest part about living with endo and PCOS, all about your bliss and why Maddie started the brand, as well as her favorite fragrance, plus so much more. Now, here's Maddie. Maddie, welcome to Let's Talk Period. I am so thrilled to have you on the pod and be chatting with you today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the listeners are going to really resonate with uh, your story and your message and everything you have to say. So I'm just really excited to bring you um, into their lives and have you be part of the community. I really appreciate that. I love talking about it too. So (laughs) (laughs) win-win. That's it. Well, let's get straight into it. When I have beautiful guests on the pod, every time I ask, the first question is, what have you done to nourish your body today? So I'd love to hear uh, what you've been up to. Um, So I kind of start my day the same way every day, and I feel like that works for me super well. But um, I get up, I go to the gym, I do a workout, depending on like what I feel. I'm like a big believer in listen to your body. So depending on the day, today I did like a leg workout at um, F45. And then I came home, I walked my puppies, which always brings me like lots of joy. (laughs) And then um, I had breakfast. I've been having um, like poached eggs on toast with avo on uh, gluten-free toast and I've been really loving this. Um, it's like a herbal drink that I've been taking. It like, tastes like crap, but <laughs> it's um, it's for hormonal balance. It's um, called F- uh, Fem21. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah, I have heard of Fem21. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been loving that. And then I do like some journaling, meditation, and get into work. So that like really always sets me up for the best day. Love that. And I think having that routine and that consistency really brings like that element of like knowing what to expect and setting you up for sort of like a really successful day. Mm, Yeah, definitely. I always, I never feel as good when I don't, you know, do the routine. So it it definitely works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot to be said for all of those practices, especially taking that moment out to journal and do that mindfulness as well. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, The next thing I always jump into is all about managing our health and whether you're living with a chronic condition or not, there are lots of things that we do to manage our health regardless. So people, items, therapies, things. Uh, I would love to know if there's something you'd recommend for the listeners to add to their toolkits when it comes to managing their health. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I think for me, especially with having like endo and PCOS, um, doing your research and kind of like trial and error to see what works for you, because I, I know it works for me, won't work for someone else. Um, but yeah, like I've been to so many like practitioners and health professionals. And so for me, like I love seeing a naturopath and kind of just trialing, uh, doing trial and error with them about, you know, like the kinds of food that I eat um, and the kinds of herbs I take. And if that has like a big impact on, you know, how I can live my best life, I guess. Um, and then also for me, like, I think with food, like I realized that eating gluten and dairy as their like inflammatory foods were really affecting my endo. So I, you know, have decided that I need to cut those out to feel better. Um, same with alcohol. I was never the biggest drinker, but yeah, definitely a no-no. Um, and also like just managing my stress that has, yeah, oh my gosh, it's such a huge one for me. So I, yeah, if I feel like I'm at a burnout period, I will stop myself. I'll do things like I go get a massage or, you know, do take more time to um, spend time with family and friends rather than getting to that burnout period. Because I think when you have, yeah, chronic illnesses, um, it affects you that burnout way more than maybe if you didn't. So yeah, those, those things really helped me. For sure. Especially like taking that time to stop and acknowledge when you're in that space of like heading towards that burnout or that really extreme fatigue and like getting in and being proactive before it hits you. Because like you said, yeah. it does hit you on that next level when you are chronically ill. Yeah, no, definitely. And I like, actually, before I was diagnosed with endo, um, I was diagnosed with uh, severe adrenal fatigue. So um, that was like, and I'd never, I mean, you hear of like chronic fatigue, fatigue and stuff and you kind of just go oh am I just being a bit of a wimp like am I you know am I just tired but no it was really really bad my recovery was like um three months of I had to get 12 hours of sleep a night and I wasn't allowed to do any exercise like just walking um so that was like a real wake-up call for me and I never wanted to be back in that place so um yeah that's super important Mm. And I know we've touched on this sort of, we've breadcrumbed to it. Um, you were diagnosed with both endo and PCOS back when you were 22. Um, so a couple of years ago now, I would love if you could just sort of share when you sort of knew something wasn't quite right and what this period of time was like for you and what the symptoms were like, what day-to-day -day was like for you when you were you know living life without those diagnoses yet yeah I mean I think almost from when I first got my period like when I was 12 13 I knew that like in comparison to other girls like period pains and stuff like something wasn't right with me um I missed like a lot of school um a lot of work when I was you know started a job and I think the point for me when I was like, something's really wrong. I was, um, I was at my auntie's place. She's a nurse and I was lying on the floor, like screaming in pain. And it wasn't just like, um, like a crampy pain. It was like this shooting pain from like the back of my spine up to the top of my spine. And she just like had no idea. She was just like, maybe it's, you know, just like a painful period. And kind of from there, you know, I, I think I spent the majority of my adult life going to doctors and trying to be like, I know something's wrong with me. Can you please like help me? 
Um, and so I honestly would say from like properly trying to figure out what was wrong from 15 to 22 was the period of like where no one took me seriously, I guess, which is re it's really frustrating. Um, and so like, yeah, I think the, the real turning point for me, I was about, I was probably 21 and um, I was working um, in retail and I literally collapsed on the floor and I couldn't move. I was the only one working there and it was just like, I couldn't get any help. And yeah, like I think also too, because like Ender, I think back then it wasn't really, it's not, wasn't spoken about like it is now. So I didn't, I didn't even know what it was, um, but everyone thinks you're just like, you have a really low pain threshold and you just have a bad period. So that I really struggled with. I felt super alone and isolated. And the thing that got me diagnosed was actually completely random. Um, along with this like crippling pain, I hadn't been able to go to the toilet for like three weeks and my stomach looked like I was about to give birth. I looked so pregnant. And um, I went and saw all these doctors, like GPs and um, everyone just, you know, like they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And the one doctor I saw the last time, she was like, maybe you should go to your health food store and buy some like Epsom salts and eat them. And that was like such a big red flag <laughs> to me. I was like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's not what's wrong. That's not going to cure me. Um, and so I literally Googled um, a gynecologist, uh, Brisbane, and I rocked up and this gynecologist was like a surgeon and he dealt with like cancer patients. And I thought I was in the wrong place. I even called my mum before my appointment. I was like, I need to go. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And anyway, um, I walked in and I told him my symptoms. And so he was the gynecologist and this um, surgeon. And he was like, I think you have endometriosis within the first five minutes of speaking to him. And um, I'd never heard of that. So I asked him to explain. And um, I went in for surgery like that week he was just like this is like emergency kind of you know I'm serious and um yeah I went in and came out and he was like yep you have endometriosis everywhere we took out your appendix you know it was <laughs> nothing was looking good in there so that was like yeah how I was diagnosed and I just like it, it's such a relief when you finally get that you know oh, at least I'm not crazy at least I'm not like you know, just putting it on. So, um, yeah, it was a long time. Mm, and I think that's such a big concern that we all have. I don't want to speak for everybody, but like um, you get to that point where you do start to question, is this all in my head? Am I actually going crazy? Because, you, you know, you're not getting those answers and you're not being told anything and you think, well, maybe I can't take the pain. Maybe this is what everyone else is putting up with. And I just have that low pain mm. threshold, as you said. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so sad, honestly, like, yeah, that, and like, and on top of that, I guess I didn't say either like um, with endo. So I have PCOS as well, which I was like diagnosed similar um, kind of time frame, but like I had cysts bursting on my ovaries, which was like a lot of, I guess, what the, agonizing pain where you'd collapse would be um and even after my endo surgery like I was like oh thank god what a relief like I'm gonna feel better now and you know I went for an update and he explained how you know endo can grow back and whatever else and um it was like around that time it was like 3 a.m in the morning and I woke up screaming in pain and my um 
boyfriend, now husband, um, took me to the emergency room and I'd had like, you know, internal bleeding from my surgery and where, where cysts had burst. So it, it, I didn't feel like I was out of the woods yet. It was still like this, oh, I know what I have. But then it was like, okay, well, now I know um, what can happen, you know, from here, how do I like deal with it and, and that kind of thing. So it's still like, even when you know you have it, it's this overwhelming, like, mm, there's no cure. And mm, we don't really know, like, technically how you can help, you know, prevent pain and whatever else. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of um, doing your own research and um, trying to figure out what works for you. Oh, for sure. And it is that huge relief of like knowing, yes, this is what I have, but then it like enters that next phase of like, okay, well, this is what I've got. How do I manage it? What do I do for hit from here that works for me? Um, so I think going on from there, it's now been about five years since you have been diagnosed. How are you managing now? And what's your quality of life like compared to when you were first diagnosed? Oh my gosh. It's so different. I mean, coming to the end, I was actually saying like two days ago on Instagram that I've been having flare ups again, which, um, I think it's kind of the time where I need to probably go back and have a, you know, a surgery and see how it's all going. But I'm a completely different version of myself now than I was pre. And if, if you even look at me, like, um, I'm actually like 15 kilos lighter now than I was then, which I know for some women, and PCOS is like a, a weight, you know, issue, which for me, I couldn't budge weight, no matter how, like how hard I tried. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's not only like a, I feel healthier and fitter, um, happier. Like it's so, it's just, I think with endo, it's like the pain can come out of nowhere. So you are always kind of like on edge. So you never feel like you're fully living your life. And um, so since having surgery, I think my pain has been just so much better. So I, yeah, I feel like my life is fuller because of it. Um, and yeah, I just honestly, like, I feel like a different version of myself. So I'm really grateful that I had, you know, the surgery and, and, and did that. But um, yeah, I think it's always one of those things where have to you know keep my eye on it yeah yeah definitely you can sort of never really turn your back on it you've always got to keep on top of it and keep coming back and tuning in with yourself and being like where am I at here yeah exactly especially like with um I think like a part of me when I was trialing things you know with like gluten and dairy for example um, I go, oh, it sounds like such a silly thing. Like if I just cut those things out. And so there'd be times when I'd go back and just have some of that food and the effect it had, it was just like uncanny. You just knew exactly like, okay, my body doesn't respond to that, which is kind of frustrating because then, you know, oh my gosh, I, I really have to be aware of this um, all of the time. Otherwise I'm going to have terrible pain. So yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things that you just, you know, what would you rather? Would you rather eat that food or would you rather be able to like, you know, not be in pain? So. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. It's like tossing up and making those decisions so you can have that quality of life. And, you know, it's kind of like, I've heard like the thing, it's like, choose your hard kind of mm. thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So definitely. 
having both endo and PCOS, like there's obviously in a weird way some blessings that sort of come about, but then also there's really hard parts too. What would you say has sort of been the hardest part of having endo and PCOS? I think it's changed. So I think at the beginning it was that like feeling of being alone um, because I didn't know anyone else who had endo and even the people around me didn't know what it was. So I felt like I had to educate my family but also educate myself because I didn't know what it was either. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was that feeling of isolation and and that kind of thing. And then I guess it turned into um, being afraid of, of pain Um, and afraid of like flare-ups and bloating and like all those other things because it could it could be like I'd be out on a date you know with my husband and then it's all of a sudden I'm like I need to go home right now and that feels like you feel like such a burden sometimes on people um, especially when they don't understand it but yeah I think I think it's definitely changed um, over time because now I look around and like most of my friends have it it's so crazy like in the last few years how um many more people have been diagnosed with it so I think that's great because it means you know people being more aware um but yeah that's definitely what's been hard for me Mm. I'd love to sort of switch to the blessings now I guess and I'm not sure I'm sure this will be one but I thought I'd mention your bliss and I think that might be a blessing but any blessings that you feel like or things that endo and PCOS have brought you that they might not necessarily if you didn't have those conditions. Mm. It's funny you say that because I was actually talking to my dad last week, who's my business partner, and I said to him, you know, um, your bliss would never have come about if, if I wasn't, you know, didn't have endo or PCOS. So that definitely is the biggest thing in my life um, that came from it. So yeah, like that's, and as well as like how I eat, um, I took a real like interest in the products I was using. And I also love my gynecologist and surgeon because he was the one that said to me, hey, with this disease, like things can affect it, like the plastic that you use and the chemicals that are in your products, which I think like even back then that was awesome that he had that that knowledge. Um, so yeah, that's where you know, my like natural perfume came from. And um, yeah, it's, it's awesome because I think even still to this day, when I'm talking about it and I say, like, this is the reason behind it. Women who have either like just been diagnosed or think that they have it, it's like a, a light bulb thing for them where they go, oh, I had no idea that, you know, like different chemicals can affect my hormones like that. And um, so I, I do love being able to like talk from personal experience about that with people yeah yeah I think it just sort of brings that next level and that trust and people sort of get it on a more personal level when you like share your own personal experience with it yeah definitely yeah Uh, so your bliss obviously came about because of your own endo and PCOS journey and I would just love to know how the idea came about you obviously were trialing different products and trying to be mindful of plastics and things like that from the advice of your doctor but where did the idea for a natural perfume and beauty product company come in how did that all sort of come to be 
Um, yeah, well, I kind of started from the beginning and I was like, okay, what do I have in my cupboard that I need to change? And it was literally everything. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> lol. And it's so bad when you look and you're like, uh, I don't ah. even know any of the ingredients. <laughs> um, so I started slow, which is what I say to everyone. I'm like, don't just go, oh my God, I need to throw it all away because it can be so expensive to do that. Um, so like I went to deodorant first and then like toothpaste and um, makeup and that kind of thing and I found like there was quite a big range I guess of natural versions of those things which was awesome and then when it came to perfume I was like I, I remember asking on Instagram does anyone know any natural perfume brands and um, everyone said you know like um, essential oils like I just use doTERRA and I was like that's not what I want because I'm a super big like beauty person I love perfume and um yeah so that was always important to me I wanted one that was like still smelling normal perfume but can it not have the chemicals in it please (laughs) (laughs) for sure um, yeah right so google and couldn't find anything um so then I went to my dad actually who was like a big you know he had his own business when I was growing up and I told him about my idea for like maybe I should make my own and he was like you know why not so Um, I started literally Googling like natural perfume manufacturers and um, I spoke with people in like Melbourne and and I, you know, I always wanted to be like Australian made and there was a lot of things like vegan and cruelty free and that kind of thing. So I went and met with like a bunch of different people and I asked them to make me samples and so many of them smelt like, I don't know, like toilet spray or like mosquito repellent, like it didn't smell nice. So I wanted it to be Lux. I wanted it to smell good. I wanted it to last. And um, yeah, so I ended up finding this like um, a small kind of uh, like it was a chemist who, you know, that was like her specialty um, making perfumes, but she'd also like, t- you know, dabbled with natural. Um, and so when I told her my idea, they just like loved it. It was like two women and it was like a small business. And yeah, they wanted to work with me. So we created like five different scents. I was like, I want, you know, I want something for everyone, like a different, you can wear it for a different mood, daytime, nighttime, you know, whatever. And um, so when I got them back and I smelled them, I was just like, this is amazing. Like I've never smelled anything like this. And I trialed them for like a year. And then when I was kind of like getting to the point of launching, um, I went back to all my other perfumes and I sprayed them and I instantly got the biggest headache, which for me, like he- perfume never gave me headaches before. So that was like super interesting to me. I was like, okay, so not only will this not, um, this new perfume that, you know, I've created won't give me headaches, but it, you know, it'll also like help with my hormone imbalances and, and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, so it, it went from there and we, we launched in, 2020 like when COVID hit and it's been interesting because I mean at the beginning people were in lockdown so no one wanted like perfume they were you know um but it's just been amazing like we've had so much growth in the last 12 months because people just are finally getting the product and they're obsessed with it so that makes me so happy that you know something like endo could have you know turned into this yeah yeah, for sure. And it's not a small business either. Like you've got stockists and you're in shops and you're, you know, you're doing incredible things. And I think oh, it's thanks. so inspirational because I think a lot of people who do have chronic illnesses sort of think they can't do things because of their conditions. But I think you're like living proof that you actually can. 
Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's awesome. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I would really like to know, like, and I'm sure like you've mentioned already, like the headache that you got from going back to that traditional perfume that you were using, but what was sort of the most shocking thing that you realized during that perfume creation progress where you were sort of, you know, doing testing and you were researching, going through that manufacturing stage? Was there anything that you were like just absolutely shocked or you know, you couldn't believe this was a thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think in general, like if you look at the bo- the box of like a perfume, um, the ingredients aren't even listed. So, and it's one of the only beauty products that you legally don't have to list the ingredients, which that's like a major red flag right there. And no one even thinks about that. Like, I think even a lot of you know, big um, influences and, and celebrities who are all about natural, like they don't even really, like if you go, you don't, you don't really hear them talking about perfume because I think they'll sneakily just still use their own, um, you know, that are commercial and, you know, not great for you. But I think, yeah, that was one of the biggest things that it, there are hundreds of chemicals in them that, you know, are just, it, when you like read up on what they do, like you can use perfume as a weed killer, like that's number one, just horrible. Um, and it's linked to like a lot of terrible things too, like cancers and infertility and, and that kind of thing. So that was just, yeah, major, it made me so sad that, you know, like, and it's something we spray on our skin. Like, um, perfume wasn't originally invented to put on the skin. It was actually invented to like put on a handkerchief and then put in your pocket. So I don't think it was ever intended for skin, but I mean, we just, you know, we do that nowadays. Um, and then the other thing too was, because like it's all Australian made, a lot of perfume that you get is like made in China, um, which they actually have a, um, their rule is that you have to test on animals instead of, you know, it being, we don't test on animals, like that's their law. So if I were to go over there, they would be like, well, you can't unless you do that. That was another thing that was just absolutely shocking to me. Um, So there, you know, two things that I was just like, I stand really firm on these principles and I don't, you know, don't want to make anything that has any of those things. So, um, yeah. And I think as well as that, like, I mean, there's some brands in Australia that are doing like natural perfume, I guess, but, um, I really wanted it to, to last like a normal perfume. So, you know, that's why like our, um, uh, our sprays are like we say they're 95% natural and our roll-ons are 100% natural because we always want to be like super transparent and everything and um yeah so we've taken like all of the nasties out but we still want it to be able to last you know um so that's it was hard <laughs> to be able to get like natural perfume to to smell like it does um with us so yeah it was not easy that's for sure (laughs) oh I can I can't even imagine where you sort of begin with that um but yeah I think people forget that like the skin is that biggest organ in your body and when you're spraying perfume you're generally spraying it directly like on your neck or your wrists or Mm -hmm. onto your hair and it goes onto your scalp and so it's literally going into that skin and then through into your blood flow necessarily eventually um and so it's all being absorbed and I think people we just don't really give a second thought to what's in things and so like you said when you're looking at the label and I yeah I can't believe that it's not required to 
list all the ingredients for perfumes, that's a major red flag. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, just mind blown there. So thank you yeah. for sharing those. And no, that's okay. Yeah, again, with the animal testing. So I love that you do stand true to that and creating it here in Australia and not testing on animals, but testing on people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you had the idea for the product. You've worked really hard with the beautiful um, female founders of that natural chemist slash dabbled in perfumery. Mm. How did you take it from like, dabbling with those scents like how did you decide the final five ones and take it to launching and getting it into physical bottles like what how does all of that come to be I think it's like it's one of those things where you go um you look back and you go wow that's so much work but when you're kind of starting it you kind of just do like one thing at a time and take one step in front of the other and then it's like not so overwhelming but I was also like when we were launching and starting it, um, I was working full time and I was also um, at a cafe and I was also teaching like bar and Pilates as well on the side. So I was just like, I honestly look back and go, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like Google was my best friend into finding like just, you know, I guess what I needed, but I've learned, I do a lot of things differently now than what I know, but um, my friends are just amazing. Like I would literally go, Hey, here's some samples. Like, do you want to try it and see what you think? And so getting like their feedback too, because I think when you're doing something by yourself, um, it can be like, so you question everything. <laughs> like people are even going to like this. Um, and also like having my dad as my business partner was super helpful too, because then I didn't feel so alone especially his background in business. Cause like my background is not in business. I never went to uni. Um, I was a personal trainer. So very different to like making perfume. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I guess like I was, I was quite specific on the, on the sense that we um, made. So there's five cents and um, I like naming them is like the funnest part, you know? So um, but we're even creating a new scent right now, which I'm so obsessed with. It's probably like, it's going to be my favorite maybe. Um, but yeah, so I think just getting them then into like bottles and everything. I asked the, the chemist who it's funny, they didn't really do anything that like manufacturing before us. Like they'd make um, perfume for like some people, but now they do manufacturing like a bigger level because, you know, we kind of were like during COVID, Hey, can you do this for us? So, you know, sourcing the packaging and stuff and seeing what works and what doesn't, and um, yeah, and then we launched and it was literally, I think, the week before COVID. So it was super hard to navigate. Like I wanted to have like a big launch party and I was like, that was a no. Um, and I wanted to have like markets and be able to like get it in front of people because it's very, it's hard to sell perfume online. You have to like be super descriptive and um, like show heaps of imagery of like what the kind of sense are. But even then, like I get a lot of people who go, I think ocean blue is going to be my favorite. And then they get it and they're like, oh, actually date night is. So, you know, I think (laughs) that's why we got our like little discovery sets, which that was a very last minute decision too. And so it's got one of each so people can try it. Um, But it's our bestseller. And it was literally like not even going to be a product of ours. So yeah, it's just like, it's always learning, always trying to get feedback from friends and family and um, 
Yeah, just like believing in, you know, why you started it. I think that's super important for me because sometimes I feel like I get really caught up in like you go, oh, I have like these really big goals, um, but you have to really like take it back and go, okay, why did I start this and, and stay true to yourself because, yeah, there's a lot of like comparing and tall poppy syndrome and that kind of thing. So, yeah, but I'm like I'm super proud of it. It's like my little baby, so, you know. <laughs> Oh, and you should be so incredibly proud. It's such an amazing achievement. And like you said, coming back to the why of why you created it, and I'm sure that's like what gets you through when there's like tougher days or harder days or things like that. And, you know, knowing that you're the perfect person for this brand and like that's why the idea came to you and why you were able to execute it and no one else would have been able to do it the way you were able to do it so yeah yeah all of those things to come back to yeah definitely I I think like it's um and I tell people this too because you know some people want to get into business and they go um you know I really want to make like a lot of money or like okay I want to be in business so what's my idea going to be and I just think it it shouldn't come from a place like that it should be like you know come from the idea first and and then oh can I make this you know into a business rather than I just want to be in business because like if you don't have that like absolute love for it um it's gonna be really hard because it's I mean I cry most days because I question everything I'm doing so like if you don't have that love then I would be worried for you because yeah it's hard it's not easy Yeah, well, business is hard enough and then, like, coming back to the love of it is, like, why you do it, let alone if you don't even enjoy it. It's going to make it 10,000 times harder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I know this might be like picking a favourite child, but which is your favourite fragrance and why? Mm, I love them all for different reasons, but... um... I wore Sweet Kiss on my wedding day. So that has like a really special place in my heart, which is something like I I always tell people that, you know, like fragrances, I mean, I was always into fragrance, but like obviously having a business, you get a lot more into it. But um, fragrance is so special because like it has uh, memories attached to it, which like not a lot of things have memories attached to it. Um, So that's probably my favorite because yeah I wear it on like special occasions or if I want to like remember that day um but it's also interesting because when we came out with the scents I thought ocean blue would be my least popular my least favorite I still liked it but just wasn't you know um and now it's probably like my my everyday one because it's just like and it's our most popular. It's just so crazy to me because I I almost feel like it's a little bit unisex. It's super like fresh and it reminds me of the beach and like holiday. So um, yeah, they're just like my top two, you know, um, at the moment. But it always changes. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depending on moods and seasons yeah. and all of that. And then you've got a new one coming out soon too. So I can't oh wait gosh. to see what that one will be. Yeah, it's very good. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to know, other than the new fragrance that's coming out soon, what's coming up next for your bliss or even in your personal life as well? What's uh, 2022 looking like for you and your bliss? Um, I have, I'm like, it's my personality type too. I have like super big goals all the time, which is, yeah. But I mean, I like it like that because I, you know, it always makes me work a bit harder, but um, I really think that your bliss should be 
um, more, you know, easily accessible. So I would love us to be in like the shelves of Sephora or Mecca or, you know, on the iconic, like where a lot of, you know, people shop and, and just to make clean perfume, just the norm, you know, because, you know, I, I love watching people get to just stumble upon us and then it's, it's their thing that they're going to have forever. You know, that's like super special to me. So um, that's like a really, really big goal to me. And then I'd love to also, because we have our home and body range, which, you know, I really want to like keep, you know, coming out with new products and, and seeing um, what else we can do, I guess, and um, just growing more. So that would be so exciting. <laughs> yeah, definitely something like that. And then I don't know, for me personally, I, I just want to like go travel more and, you know, experience the world a bit more. I think we're all probably like that um, at the moment, feeling a bit like just like at home all the time. <laughs> In that sort of holding pattern, just waiting. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, yeah, tell me about it. So, um, and like even with your bliss, like last year, towards the end of the year, I got to do a few like pop-up markets and that kind of thing. I was at like Boho Lux and I have a few in for this year, but I mean, some of them are already being postponed and like, that's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd love to do like more things like that where me personally can be like in front of the customers and get to like talk to them about the product. So hopefully like, you know, COVID just can calm down and we can like, you know, have more fun doing stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, for sure. That would just be the best. And like you said before, perfume really has that element of like wanting to smell and touch it in person and like experiencing mm -hmm. those fragrances in person. So that would just be great if COVID could calm down just a touch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what would you like to see change within the pelvic health space, Maddie? Oh, this is such a good question. Um, so I actually had an experience very recently where like I've moved um, and I wanted like a, you know, my GP to and health practitioners to be closer to me. So I went looking for like a new one and I saw a woman GP and I sat down with her and I was just saying, um, you know, because I've been having flare ups and pain and I was talking about my endo and she like, blatantly just said you don't have endo and then I was I just kind of like was really confused and so anyway I kept talking and I said I was telling her about my surgery and I said you know like I had cysts like embedded in my bowels and like here and here and she just was like mm, I've never heard of that no you don't and I was just honestly like it really hurt me because I was like this surely can't still be happening where GPs um, are just blatantly telling you and and I'm I've been diagnosed so I can't even imagine those girls who are like I feel like this can you help me like I would just love for um, GPs especially to just like have an open mind or to be more across like that because I just I don't know if you know they're just like I, I'm not I'm not sure why it's still happening like that or or that it was happening in general but um because I think like for a, a young girl to feel like she's got nowhere to go, like no one is being able to help me, that is a horrible feeling. So I would just love, yeah, more awareness in, in that space. Yeah, just to feel comfortable being able to be like, hey, I think I have this, can you help me? Um, or for them to even know 
the cues, I guess, of like what endo or PCOS could be. So um, yeah, that was not a great experience. So I just, yeah, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, it's just shocking that even in 2022 that we still even need to be having that conversation and people not knowing what it is and not just people but primary healthcare professionals that you're going to see. And, yeah, like you said, I can't imagine someone who wasn't diagnosed having to go to that person and then them probably getting shut down. It's just so heartbreaking to think. So I think it definitely needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, and I'm pretty sure I was going to this GP as well because um, for like, I wanted to go see a, like an infertility or um, a fertility specialist because like a part of endo and PCOS is like potentially, you know, having issues with fertility. And that's something I was like, I was honestly told at like, what, 22, that I should freeze my eggs, which is very overwhelming. Um, And this woman was arguing with me about my endo diagnosis and she didn't want to give me a fertility, you know, like um, to go see the fertility specialist because um, she didn't think I had it. And I just was like, that is so not okay at all. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think. (laughs) Hope you went and found another doctor after that. I I did, I did. (laughs) (laughs) But still, it's just like, oh, my gosh, this shouldn't be happening. So, but anyway, you know, like... (laughs) We'll see, you know, hopefully there's some. um, Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think people continuing to speak up, share their stories and experiences will help to create that change. And it might even need to come from that community perspective where, you know, like I guess from the endo community anyway, where we're pushing for the change and then it happens that way instead of the other way around. Yeah, true. And I love that you have this podcast where you're talking about it like the way that you do. Um, I just think like, yeah, it makes me like so proud that there's more people like you speaking about it. So thank you. That's so lovely to hear. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners today, lovely? Um, I just want to say that if you are feeling alone in this whole situation, um, please don't because there's so many amazing people like there's so many you know Instagram accounts now and and so many other people that have it and my DMs are always open too so if you ever want to have a chat I'm right here so yeah oh wonderful and thank you so much once again Maddie for coming on to Let's Talk Period today it has been so wonderful to chat with you thanks so much for having me have the best time <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Period with Maddie Burton. If you want even more from Maddie, and I have no doubt that you will, you can follow her on Instagram at Maddie Burton Fitness. And you can keep updated with all things Your Bliss at Your Bliss underscore beauty, as well as check out their entire range at yourbliss.com.au. If you want to keep updated with all things Let's Talk Period, and hey, I don't blame you, you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Period AU. Or why don't you join our Let's Talk Period community over on Facebook? It is the place for people who are living with endo, adeno, or PCOS, as well as other chronic illnesses, to ask questions, get support, and connect with other people who just get it. You can join via the link in the show notes or just search Let's Talk Period Community. And don't forget that our trivia night is this Friday. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, you need to get on it. Tickets are just $10. You can play in a team or by yourself. And there's also some fabulous prizes on offer as well. So 
All of the details for that one is in the show notes. Let's Talk Period is an independent podcast, so if you did enjoy this episode and you would like to support the show, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple and rate the show if you're listening on Spotify. You can also share the show with a friend or a family member or anyone who you think might enjoy it or even share that you're listening along on your Instagram stories. Other than that, I will be back in your ears on Friday for a special bonus episode of Let's Talk Period. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information, recommendations and topics talked about does not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history. 